Shazam? My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Truth. Justice. The American way. I'm vengeance. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds DC Fan Podcast. My name is Jordan and with me as always is Chris. How are you take Chris? Doing great. Couldn't ask for a more productive good day. And we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about like we always do. So there's no yeah. reason for anything but smiling. Yeah, you know, looking forward to this show this week. Uh, so like we do always, Arrowverse update first, and then the next episode you'll see is Man of Steel, the 10th anniversary. Kind of look at that on Superman's 85th anniversary. So we'll uh, kind of dive into that in the next episode. But if you wanted to know where we're going to stop at for Arrowverse today, it is through all of the seasons that we just talked about last week. So that means through season six of Flash, sorry, season five of Flash, through season seven of Arrow, uh, through season four of Legends and Supergirl, and that's it, right? There's only four at that point. Correct. <laughs> yes. Um, I know people will probably be like, what about Black Lightning? Well, I'm actually watching that now before Crisis, so we will get to that at another another point, I guess. I don't have many thoughts to add to that anyway. But yeah, so that's where we'll be stopping. So if you haven't gotten through all of that stuff and... Uh, you know, you're watching the Arrowverse right now, like I am, to try to get to that Flash finale and the end of the Arrowverse as a whole. Then you might want to stop listening if you're not at the point that we're about to talk through. Next week, if you're curious on where we're going to get to, it's Crisis on Infinite Earths. So uh, the the Arrowverse part of that. So we will get to that next week. So if you want to know where what to watch beforehand, there you go. But yeah, so let, let's dive in, I guess. I had a very uh, a good time. We talked about it a bit more in depth last week about how much I liked Flash Season 5. And we kind of talked about an episode that was not in, in the group that we were supposed to talk about. We talked about the um, uh, Calls in Excess, which was episode 14 of the Flash Season 5. But overall... I really dug it. I know some people probably had problems with Cicada. That's kind of the vibe I get, but I actually enjoyed Cicada. I actually enjoyed Chris Klein's campy performance as Cicada. <laughs> I think it was the voice. I think it was the voice of Cicada. The told you constantly, I'm going to get you. See, that was another one that I inadvertently saw an episode of while my parents were watching it was when they fi- when they find like when um sherlock and ralph find out about the mask and they go to like the the factory that they use them at like i saw that part when my parents were watching i forget what episode that was in but uh just a fun 
I, I like that team too of, of Ralph and Sherlock both being detectives. I thought they had some pretty good run-ins there. I wasn't crazy about Nora kind of turning evil due to Eobard Thawne's negative speed force. Wasn't too crazy about that and the whole like young rogues storyline and how they randomly brought back, you know, B girl again, but it was, it was fine. Like that was, I liked seeing Ragdoll. Ragdoll was really cool. Uh, just the fact that they got a real contortionist too, to be able to like do some of those things, obviously not all those things, but to be able to do some of those things I thought was, uh, really, really cool. And then the, the end of the season, I really liked that post credit scene where obviously the crisis date on the, uh, on the newspaper changes to 2019, because that was a question I had as I'm watching the pilot is I remember the newspaper playing a part in crisis on infinite earth. Uh, when I watched, you know, the crossover before I watched the Arrowverse, and I was like, I had no clue that it was supposed to be 2024 originally. And I guess they just put that there as a far out date in case if the show ran 10 years or if they ever got to crisis, they could always do what they did, which is just change the date of it. And it made sense when they kind of set it up with the central city citizen being published earlier as a newspaper too. So there was things in the timeline that was able to change. So I, I really liked how they kind of set that up. And, uh, I, you know, the Nora disappearing and uh, that whole scene and the way that that was acted, I thought was very intense and uh, very emotional. I really, I really dug that too. I love season five of The Flash, other than Sherlock, because I know it's controversial on the show. Um, I, I love this season. It was fun. It was really interestingly written. I thought Cicada was a menacing villain who had an actually good backstory. Like, there was a reason. There was some motivation behind it. And then you got the second Cicada, um, and you see that set up, and the way that that sets up, especially in that Dreamscape episode, I really enjoyed that Dreamscape episode. I thought that was more the Me stuff. too. I liked I liked seeing more of the Flash Museum and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And, and Iris being afraid that she was a bad mom and, you know, Barry reassuring her, like, look, you haven't even done that yet. That There's a lot of fun stuff here. And this real, season really sets up the idea of how hard is it to raise a kid that you already know as an adult? Yeah, where you don't even go through any of the young years, you know? So you don't even have, like, this emotional bond that you would of raising a child you're getting the child when she's like 25 and you're having to parent her uh she's not used to you being a parent because you were gone in barry's case um in iris's case she had this whole issue of being able to relate due to her putting that dampening chip in her so there was some distance there uh but yeah, I just thought the Nora stuff was really cool. And I, I like the reveal that she was working with Thawne. Um, I thought it was funny how Thawne's whole purpose is to remove, to find, help them get a cicada that they can actually defeat. So that way they would be able to remove the dagger 
uh, so that way it would stop dampening his power so he could escape. I thought that was all like, what a plan by, by him. And he had that in his head from when they went to visit him in that hundredth episode. They, they tie that back when he said, I wouldn't have known about that until Nora's the one that slips up and says it's for Cicada while Barry was trying to keep that information kind of on the down low. And it was a spot of giving too much information to Thawne. And he goes and sets up his whole plan in motion. Once he probably realizes he's getting strapped to this dagger, he's like, oh, now I know how to kind of manipulate this and exactly how I need to manipulate this so I can get out of this. And it works. And we get this whole scene of him like killing all of them. But then Nora's ability to be able to reverse time it if she runs fast enough was set up for this moment. You know, like there's little bits in this season. We kind of got it at the finale last season when they punched the satellite out that you see Barry do it by himself and then time reverses and then Nora goes and helps him. And we see it and she mentions it. Like if I run too fast, I can reverse time. And just this, the way that was all set up, it paid off. Like they had this stuff planned out perfectly for, for some of this the last two seasons, season four and season five, it felt like they planned out everything well in advance. Yeah, I like Cicada's storyline a lot. I think this is kind of the end of the season-long bad guy arc for Flash. I think they start to try to space it out with more stories in the season. But I thought that this elaborate plan, like you said, was really awesome. And I really think Nora made the show better because, first off, Nora's fun. Secondly, she's a very believable daughter of Barry and Iris. She has the best qualities of both characters. And she is a lot of times when Barry can't figure something out, he gets himself in trouble by acting and not stopping and saying, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. And Nora needed someone. She needed a team to help her do the things that Barry did, you know, to, to, have the team to center her and bring her back into the right situations. And she found a both on, which is probably not the best way to go about it. But then you've got the entire thing of the show is better when Thawne is involved. It was a very creative way to keep Thawne involved. So I thought you had two characters that really always propel the show in a positive way. I think Nora, every time Nora is here from this point on, the show is better. And then I guess let's kind of segue into Legends because uh, we didn't get to talk about that a lot last week. Legends Season 4. Uh, I did have some complaints, all right? And I was texting you some of these complaints. But uh, for the listeners, some of my complaints here, the Time Bureau stuff. While interesting at times, the fact that it was pretty much a secondary set and it always had a plot line in the episode was not for me. I like it a lot more when the legends are all on the ship. And I understand like Nate, apparently like the actor had a family issue. So they put him in the time bureau for the first half of the season. So he would have less time filming. Uh, And then once that was done in the first half, you know, he kind of got some more screen time. He's one of my favorite characters. So I was very happy uh, once he started making more appearances, I did like Hank. I did like his dad. And it's not just cause it's Tom Wilson who plays Biff, 
in the Back to the Future universe. Uh, but they also make a great joke with that when he says, like, let's make like a tree and leave or whatever. And uh, Nate, <laughs> Nate says something about that. But I, I did like Hank. Uh, I thought like that whole dynamic of seeing Nate's family and stuff was cool, but it was just felt like a little bit too much bureaucracy, bureaucracy at times and too much like worried about we need funding when we didn't have to worry about that the first three seasons of the show. And all of a sudden they have this weird problem of they're governmentally funded. So they would be able to, I don't know. I feel like they would just be able to just get on the wave rider and do whatever they want, no matter what anyway. Uh, so, that, so that was very odd part of the season for me. Um, it felt like there was a lot less time on the Wave Rider. I liked Mona at first, but once she became like uh, infected and b- became where she's able to like Hulk out, I liked Mona less. Yeah, so I guess let me let me rank my legends. Oh, Let's here we go. The, the ranking of the legends. All right, Ray Palmer is still number one. Very good. Ray Palmer, baby. Nate, number two, as always. Uh, I'm going to go with Zari's number three still. I really like Zari a lot. I don't like the finale with Zari because <laughs> she's like wiped out of existence. I'm sure that'll somehow get fixed. Um, let's go number four with... There's a lot less people this season, too. Uh, they, they lost a lot of legends. Um, uh, number four, we're going to go Nora. I actually really like Nora Dark in this season, which is probably a surprise for the listeners because I did, I complained about her and her dad last season. I like but Nora. I did, I did like Nora. I'm going to go next with... I guess we'll go Sarah next. That's five. And then I'll probably go Ava, six. I'll go Mick, seventh. Constantine, eighth. And I was not a fan of Charlie that much. So I have Charlie, ninth. I'm glad they still have Maisie Richardson Sellers, but they felt like they just didn't want to bring amaya back because she has her destiny to fulfill they kind of got themselves in a corner but they really like the actress so they brought her in as charlie that's what it kind of feels like and i'm sure that's exactly what happened yeah i like charlie charlie is one of my favorites i like charlie a lot you know the punk rocker vibe maybe she'll get better uh but i felt like it was a rough season uh to start off with her i i thought it was a rough start i will give you that uh, I, I'm surprised you have Ava so low, but other than that, you know, I, I don't know what Sarah Lance has to do to get near near the top. She's five. But... That's like halfway. Uh, okay, that's, that's halfway. Good. All right, that's so good. okay, so for me, it's always going to be uh, Sarah Ray and Zari uh, mm, as my okay. top three. There, that's that's unchangeable. And um, I, I will... guess I should have ranked Gary too. Hold on, if I if I'm ranking Gary, but you don't have to rank Gary. That's kind of the running bit of the show that he doesn't quite count. Well, if I'm ranking Gary, maybe Gary takes over fifth. I do and have a soft spot for Gary. You're gonna put Gary, <laughs> Gary Green. You're gonna put Gary over Sarah. I love Lance. Gary. I love Gary so much. 
but he's listed as not a main cast member, so I'm not going to rank him. So this, what this means is when we learn the big secret about Gary later on, he is going to end up being above Sarah. That's that. That's what we've learned. Maybe, maybe Excuse we'll me. see. We'll see. Um. Oh, and if I had to rank Mona, I guess she'd be bottom. I don't know. <laughs> Mona fair. probably below Charlie, and uh, she started off really good. I really like when she was just like taking care of the like the magical creatures. I thought she was fine, and then they really went crazy with her in the Konane uh, relationship. And then uh, I, I hated the Konane <laughs> thing. I, I did not like that. I thought it was very annoying. I find her voice to be annoying and it's not fair to the actress, baby, that I find her voice to be annoying, but it yeah. is, it's just kind of grating. I didn't, I, you know, nothing wrong about her. Just, I thought a character had a lot of annoying things to do too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, favorite episode of the season. Let me see if I can find which one was my favorite. I also really like the whole Hay World thing and <laughs> Hank's theme park based off of Nate's drawings. I, I liked that a lot. Oh, you know what was really funny too? Is when they're filming that commercial as uh, as Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. That was good. <laughs> and they're like... You know, filming it in the dark so you can't really see it, but they're all dressed up like them and stuff. That was really cool to see. Um, I let's see, favorite episode. It probably would be somewhere in this first. Oh, probably Legends of uh, Tomawau, uh, which is where Constantine really f's up the timeline, and you get the custodians of the chronology, you get the sirens of space time, the puppets fun. of tomorrow. That's probably the best one of the season. That that's fun, and that's legends being completely legends, no rules. I think you enjoy legends when there's less rules and less plot and more just crazy zaniness. Um, so that's we'll good. see because I would actually, so I would still put season one above season four at this at this point, and I know that's probably not popular because I think people don't like season one, but I was a I was a big fan of everything but the Hawks in season. I, one. I have a soft spot for everything in legends. Outside of Connor, outside of Hawkman, everything I love. I, I really didn't like Hawk Hawk Dude as or Hawkman as he is named, but I, I will I will say that I really enjoyed the relationship that Nate and his father had in this because it kind of mm-hmm. I have a very loving, caring father, but we do not get each other. We have never pretended to get each other. And the idea that Nate would think, oh, his father doesn't even care, blah, 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 blah. And then he built a whole theme park based on his drawings. That is so, I can connect to that on a very personal level of, you know, my dad cares so unbelievably much. But Mm -hmm. God, is it hard to know sometimes, or God, is it hard to uh, connect with him. As I've gotten older, I've become aware of how much the, the guy loves me, but like, I mean, I really connected with that storyline with Nate. I, I thought that was awesome. I thought it was touching. Yeah. And it really hit home, too, when they said, I, I think it was like Sarah with with Mick um, looking at a picture of the Wild West days from the first season. And they're like, we're the only two left of the original team at that point because Ray was off doing something. Um, 
but yeah, I mean that this show probably has the most turnover for for some of the characters. Um, but I, I another bit I really like too is kind of a little homage to season one when uh, Ray is in hell and uh, he's playing chess with like Ray, Vandal Savage. <laughs> Were they playing Jenga? Yeah, yeah, it was the yeah, it was Jenga blocks. Yeah, <laughs> Jenga that was great. Vandal Savage in Hell is kind of a fun concept. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's season four of Legends. Uh, season seven of Arrow. Um, so for some of these, I watched in like totally different order. I guess you could say like. I watched most of season seven of Arrow before I watched the rest of Legends. So I saw Sarah pop up in like the Lost Canary episode. And it apparently took place sometime in between some of those Legend episodes. But they don't really reference that in Legends at all. That like Sarah's was gone doing something or her father died. Like, or, you know, they don't really mention that stuff too, too much. But I thought that was a, uh, I guess a, a fun episode. Season seven was a slog for me for Arrow, especially the first half when he's in jail was absolutely brutal. The fast forwards are okay. Um, it's, I don't know. The, the flash forwards are all right. I guess uh, I have probably more to say about the flash forwards in season eight, but the, um, Main complaint too is uh, is the whole Amico Queen storyline. I didn't find that particularly thrilling. Um, I'm glad to say I'm only two in season eight, and I'm finding it a great rebound uh, from season seven and six. So uh, I kind of dig where they're going there. One thing I wanted to I kind of talked about it last week. I evaded saying it outright, but. I was really taken aback when the monitor shows up in the very final after Oliver's daughter is born. And then, you know, pretty much enlists him on this quest that he is going to be going through throughout season eight. I I didn't realize that stuff happened in the show. I was almost thinking like, Oh, he popped up in Elseworlds and he'll pop up in crisis and that's it. But I kind of like how they've been setting up having the monitor in a lot of these shows. I enjoyed that the crossover for Crisis was built up to in every show, and I appreciate that Elseworlds mattered to Arrow. I liked the Monitor as a character. I thought he had this gravitas to him, and Oliver and him have some really interesting interactions, especially because Oliver's, like, annoyed, but, like, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, It was almost like Oliver listening to... uh, a dad or something like fine i'll do it <laughs> it was i like that dynamic it was cool yeah it was uh interesting season i guess i'll say for era season seven uh just one i didn't recognize roy right away like when, when will is on the island with him when he took down his hood at first i i couldn't recognize it was roy every other time in there i could recognize it was roy but it was like just the way it was shot or something in that first reveal. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to know who that is, but the way it was shot or the angle it was shot, I couldn't tell it was Roy at first. The next episode started right after that. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's Roy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just weird. Uh, but yeah, so that there you go with that. And then Supergirl season 
before my main complaint with that was making Alex forget um, Kara was Supergirl. I just didn't like th- that whole thing didn't really jive with me, I guess. Uh, it felt like manufactured drama. Like, oh, we need to have her hide it from somebody else because everybody else knows except for Lena. So we need to have somebody else not know is kind of how that felt. But uh, yeah, overall season four Supergirl, I I enjoyed. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I agree with exactly your sentiments on that Alex forgetting thing. It was annoying. But other than that, I kind of liked the season. But yeah, that's uh, what show did I forget any? No. I think that's it. That's all four of them. So next week, I know this is shorter than the usual ones, but um, next week we will talk Crisis on Infinite Earth. So anything through that. Uh, so I guess the first half of those seasons that we'll be able to talk about and probably focus mostly on the crossover like we usually do. And then the week after that, probably through the rest of those seasons as we... Uh, Look, we're we're almost I'm almost done some of these shows. Arrow only has I only have like eight episodes of Arrow left. So that's interesting. <laughs> like I think the show I, from my counter on the app I have, the show that I still have the most episodes left of is Flash. <laughs> because it ran for so long compared to some of these other shows like Batwoman's three seasons. Um Supergirl by the time I finish season 5, we'll only have one ep- one season left and yeah, I think You're I still have like 60-some Flash episodes left, so we're, we're trying to get to that finale, um, which uh, which Chris just got done watching last night. So I've, I've been no a spoiler. good boy. I haven't spoiled it. <laughs> I've been good. But, you know, I, you should really enjoy it the first time through about the spoilers. And the good thing is about these shows is you, ha- you have some conversation about the shows, but it's more about the legacy. It's not the week-to-week anymore. Yeah, yeah. All right, so our next episode, we'll be talking Man of Steel. So thank you all for watching or listening our Arrowverse update. 